is a term that has gotten its way into our language. It is both a dangerous term and sometimes even very demonic. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. If you pay attention to the news or or do some reading like I do, you've increasingly heard this term called cancel culture. Let me say that again. I'm sure you've heard it. It is called the cancel culture. Ever since the beginning of this year, we've had some very strange things happen across the world and and especially here in the United States. For four years here in the United States, first we had to deal with all kind of phony impeachment nonsense coming out of Washington, millions upon millions of dollars just flushed away needlessly because of anger and politics. In 2016, let's go back a little ways. In 2016, Trump was never supposed to win. Those that thought Hillary Clinton would win, they thought they had it in the bag. There's no way this guy can ever win. So they just did what they did and they were shocked when Trump actually won. And for the next four years, they did everything to delegitimize the presidency, to have phony investigations for non-existent Russian collusion. Actually, there was Russian collusion, but with the Democrats, not with uh, the Trump campaign. And we had the Mueller report and all the nonsense, and then we had Colonel Vinderman and all the other things with Ukraine. I have never in my life seen anything like this. Look, I know there are times that a president is not popular with the opposition party, but this became literally a satanic obsession. Making up stuff, lying, cheating. This is what's been going on for the past four years. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about the current election and all that's going on. There's still a lot to sort out, and I've got a deep feeling inside well that let's put it this way there was some cheating in some certain states time will tell and if the election ends up being stolen i don't think our nation will ever recover i really don't and i've thought about this a long time ago would that ever happen the day that our elections are no longer safe and secure our nation is doomed but how do we get to this point and And where do we go to fix it? Well, number one, the cancel culture. The cancel culture is is literally an anti-culture. It seeks to come up with words and terms that sound good but mean actually something very different. And we are trying to pit one group against the other in all things. I'm going to give you some examples in in just a couple of minutes on the program. Today, I want to I'm solo by myself. I don't have a guest today, but I do plan on a few guests next week. I just wanted to take some time in this first segment to talk about this the danger of the cancel culture and also how it has worked its way in the education of our children literally turning children against their parents, against their church, against their history, yeah, and even against their parents. 
And that's why, in spite of all these difficulties, and man, there are plenty, and I don't want to sound really depressing as I get into this, but I just want to make you understand what is going on, and then what can we do to fix it? The pandemic has been a wonderful cover to allow even worse things to happen this year that I don't think under other circumstances would have happened. It's a strange time, and I'm so thankful that that I'm one of the redeemed, and regardless, it's all in God's hands. Trouble sometimes are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear, now is that stay. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trot, Christians away. people that wrote the program by email and even a few letters across the past several weeks that said man sometimes some of the things you talk about are a bit depressing and i know on the surface they they may seem very depressing to to many people but they shouldn't be if you are one of the christians if you are one of the redeemed then you shouldn't really be 
worrying about that all that much because the Bible said these kind of days were going to come. We live in an age where what used to be right is now wrong. What is wrong is now right. The entire world is backwards and upside down. We've always had a sin problem with with humankind that goes back from the beginning of time. Yet here we are today living in an age where the anger of the politics over the past 10 years keeps getting stoked up higher and higher, faster and faster. I've used this term of doubling a penny for a month, one little tiny penny. And, and I remember when that question was first posed, I guess I was in what's called junior high or middle school, maybe, maybe even elementary school, I can't remember. Which would you like to have? A penny doubled every day for a month or, you know, $50,000. And unless you sat down and understood, a lot of people wanted the $50,000. They didn't realize that, yeah, it takes a while for the penny to pick up some steam. For example, one cent becomes two cents when you double it on day one. And on day two, two cents becomes four. And then four cents becomes eight cents. And, you know, you go through the week and you, you're you still under a dollar. Well, then things begin to change a little quicker in the second and then the third week. And, man, suddenly in the fourth week, 20,000 becomes 40, becomes 80, becomes... And all of a sudden, you're into the first millions of dollars. When you double that penny every day for a month... When you double something. Well, this is what I really believe is happening right before our very eyes. I'm serious. I think we look at some of the anger and angst of the 1980s. And I I see where there were anger and protest and people didn't get along. They didn't like Ronald Reagan and this and that and the other. But do we have violence did we burn cities down? Did we have to board things up? Did we have people sucker punching other people, leaving a peaceful protest just to be beaten up by those that disagreed? I know in the 1960s, we had, we had riots in some of the inner cities, and we had protests about the Vietnam War. And we had, we had division in terms of racial equality, but not at the level and violence and anger that I'm seeing today. This, to me, is unprecedented anger, and it's very dangerous. And I believe that it is the fan of the fire is being fueled by Satan himself. I mentioned at the beginning of the program this term called the cancel culture. Cancel culture. Until this year, I really never thought about it. We had seen little signs of it over the past several years. I remember the warnings back in the 70s when a term kind of crept into our lexicon called political correctness. No, you have to say the right term. we got to be politically correct. And, you know, I'm not one to be politically correct. I'm sorry. It's not that I'm trying to be offensive or mean. It's just some of the things that are politically correct are rather silly. 
and foolish and stupid. But now we're getting into taking political correctness to an insanity level. That's why I say that it it has to be literally demonic or satanic in some cases. You know, just, just this year, just this year, we have seen this play out. And I don't know why the COVID-19 pandemic allowed this to rise to the insane level that it has. But let's, let's consider some of the things that have happened. San Francisco, it's a crazy enough town on its own. Just look at those people that are in government, the insane real estate prices, and the homeless on the streets, and all the weirdness of San Francisco. There was a mob, literally, that demanded a museum curator. That's right, a museum curator. He needed to be removed. He had to be fired. He had to be canceled out of his job because he mentioned that his museum would still collect art from white men. In other words, they wanted him to get rid of his white privilege and you can't have anything white anymore. So we have to have all this diverse culture and we need to cancel out white privilege. And they demanded he be removed and fired for simply accepting artwork for the value of the art. A Palestinian immigrant and a business owner had his lease canceled and his restaurant boycotted. Okay? A Palestinian immigrant and a business owner had his lease canceled and his restaurant boycotted. What was the terrible thing he did? After activists dug up his daughter's old offensive social media post from way back when she was a teenager. And for that, he lost his lease and his business. An Hispanic construction worker was fired for making a supposedly white supremacist hand signal that for most people has always just meant, okay. I can remember seeing people at a construction site. My dad was in the business. They might take a little fall or get hit by something, and they would get up and give that same, yeah, I'm okay, I'm fine, don't worry, don't need to call an ambulance or something. I'm all right. A soccer player was pushed off a Los Angeles Galaxy roster because his wife had posted something that somebody perceived as racist. That's a term that's getting a lot of abuse these days, racist, on Instagram. The head opinion writer of all places, the New York Times, you know, was fired and his colleague demoted because they... They published an op-ed by a U.S. senator arguing a widely held position, and liberal colleagues claimed it was just, you know, it puts black lives in danger. This is the silliness we're getting into, the insanity of the cancel culture. They make up stuff. They lie. But they're angry, and they're determined there's a fire and, and a sickness in their eyes. A data analyst tweeted out the findings of a research paper. And this, by the way, was from a black scholar, okay? By a black scholar about the ineffectiveness of protest. And he was fired after colleagues claim their safety was threatened. And I don't get how that happens. When did truth make you a victim? 
Now, here's somebody. Here's somebody I have no uh, appreciation for at all. Led by progressives, as predominant as the New York Times columnist Paul Krugman, there's a man that is intellectually bankrupt. He's the one that back in 2016 warned in October that if 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 uh, Donald Trump is elected president, the stock market would tank and America would go broke and we'd be out on we'd be literally on in in bread lines and soup lines in early 2017. That's what he predicted. It didn't happen. But then, but then again, nothing he ever has predicted has ever come true. So why he is still employed by the New York Times, well, it's beyond me. He got a woke mob, tried to get a Chicago economist fired from his editorship, you know, from being an editor of an economics journal. Why? For defunding, for tweeting and embracing defund the police undercuts Black Lives Matter movement chances of being a real reform. In other words... This guy said that the entire Black Lives Matter movement, as it was playing out, was actually hurting the cause. And for saying the truth, people intellectually, morally, spiritually, and otherwise bankrupt people like Paul Krugman. By the way, I'm going to give you some free advice, free financial advice. If Paul Krugman says do something, don't. And if he says don't do something, do. You'll find your investments look a whole lot better. Because, see, Paul Krugman couches all his investment thinking in his bankrupt politics. And if you follow his leading, he will bankrupt you as well. These are just a few examples of this entire this entire cancel culture. You can't say certain things on social media anymore. Because the tech tyrants now know more than you. You can say something truthful and find it covered up by, we have fact checkers that have said this is not true. Really? Who made them Who made them authorities? There are a lot of things that I saw working in emergency management earlier this year, and I still see. And I see things being said to this day that are simply not true, but they become the truth to many. And if you go up against that phony truth of theirs and try to just be reasonable, they cut you off, they shut you down, they put you in Facebook jail. And the same is true. The same is true with Twitter. Now, Twitter's really getting bad. We live in this age of a of a cancel culture. And the whole idea is to destroy the American culture as part of what the world wants to have happen. See, America being free, the United States having freedom of speech, freedom of religion, those things are a danger to those that would like to run your life and ache over the way you live. On this program, you've heard me talk about this and some, you know, guests that are knowledgeable about this global reset. Well, as long as Americans are still free, as long as Americans can share their opinions, as long as Americans can go to their church, that is a threat to the new world order. 
And that's why this pandemic has allowed some of this nonsense to just double and amplify in less than a year. The combination of a presidential election and the hatred by some, this literally satanic hatred of a human being. I mean, they are possessed. You look it in their eyes. They, if they were given a baseball bat, would just chase the man down and beat him senseless and kill him. This is what we see. Look at the people that are involved in some of these incidents. And then you find morally bankrupt people on CNN trying to blame those. I mean, literally, there's guilt by omission. They they don't tell the whole story. They try to imply that all those people that came to Washington, D.C. this past weekend, well, they were the troublemakers. No, they weren't. They were not the troublemakers. As they were leaving a peaceful demonstration, Antifa and Black Lives Matter's miscreants started chasing them down and sucker-punching people, trying to steal their flags and their stuff, shoving them to the ground, kicking them in the head. And somehow, those that came to Washington for a peaceful protest, somehow to CNN, because they are morally, spiritually, they are satanically bankrupt. If you watch CNN, if you watch CNN, you better be watching to find out what the enemy's doing. Because you're going to see the enemy playing his his hand out right in front of your very eyes. I can remember way back in 1979, 1980, CNN was still a fairly new cable news network outlet in Atlanta, Georgia. And I had been chief engineer of one of the largest stations in the market. And and I was offered the job at the time to become the director of engineering for CNN radio, which is what they were wanting to develop next, a news network. And I was going to take it. But for some reason, the money was good. But for some reason, something said inside, don't do it. Don't take that job. And it really wasn't an issue in the 80s. But boy, when you started getting into the 90s, the political nonsense, especially after 1992, kicked in. And what would have been a nice long career would have come to a crashing end because I could never have tolerated being there. As the years went by, CNN just sold themselves out to one ideology. No Facts no longer matter. Everything must fit through the, the lens and the filter of their political correctness, their persuasion, and their thought process. And then comes, during our computer rise, when, you know, starting in the 1990s, people really started getting into computers and the internet. We went from dial-up to, you know, DSL and early cable broadband, and there was MSNBC, Microsoft NBC. And NBC, with that particular channel on cable and satellite and what have you, MSNBC is got to be the most intellectually bankrupt. They make CNN look somewhat reasonable at times. MSNBC is absolutely satanically sick. They are sick down to the soul. They bring on known liars that keep lying on their on the TV. You remember back, well, let's go back to 2018. 
We're talking maybe in the uh, spring. The Democrats are running their candidates for office. They're going to take the House if it's the last thing they ever do. And they have all this Russian collusion investigation going on. And, and you had Adam Schiff, Representative Adam Schiff from California, getting on the television almost every other night, it seemed, uh, with Rachel Maddow over at MSNBC. And he was telling her, man, I have seen the evidence. Wait until you see it. Mueller's got it. Man, when you see this evidence, they're going to have Trump coming out of the front of the White House in a perp walk. It's going to be so bad. You just wait. And for two and a half years, from 17 and 18 and all the way into into 2019, that was the mantra. He's going to be perp walked out. You see, he's a traitor. He's a Russian asset. And the Mueller report comes out and says there was never any Russian collusion. So they had to start with something else. Listen, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. I want to remind you, this is Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. i got a lot more to share in this cancel culture nonsense and trying to understand how it grew during a pandemic. I don't know which is worse, the pandemic or the cancel culture. If you want to write by U.S. mail, let me give you our address here in Georgia. And that is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, and add number 263. That's our little mailbox that uh, our post office has up here for us. And we are in the little community of Sky Valley, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Our website is truth the number two ponder.com. Truth the number two ponder.com. Truth the number two ponder.com. My email address is Bob at truth the number two ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Got a few things I want to share in this half hour. Uh, More about the cancel culture and some of the silly things we see going on. I mean, stop and think. Many of us have been so busy with the coronavirus fear, scare, uh, shortages, uh, everything that goes with it. The case numbers rising, the case numbers falling. What's accurate, what isn't? We've talked about that extensively on this program. And and I wonder at times, you know, I, I really, I'll say this much, and I think many of you will agree. When you look at this carefully, China knew about this issue way back last year. I mean, probably some say November, some say October. And others say maybe even as early as September. Well, they may have contained it and kept it out of Beijing, but they let it run rampant for a while in Wuhan. And people were still traveling from Wuhan to the United States and and to Europe and other locations around the world. But they couldn't travel from Wuhan to Beijing. And, And so... I wonder from at times, I mean, literally, I, I wonder, 
was this intentional? Was this accidental or accidental and then allowed to go intentionally? I don't know. But, but for me, with all that I've seen and the way it's played out globally, globally, you know, the way the WHO early on said, oh, this is not even contagious to humans, nothing to see here. And we listen to the false responses coming out of China on this virus. And the world was impacted. And people got sick and many died. Now here in the United States, I spend time, as I've told you before, in emergency management. So I look at the numbers differently. I don't take everything at 100% simple face value especially when it comes through the filter of some of our news media that tries to create the headline out of the news to tell you what you need to think and what you need to believe. Do I believe that the 240-some-odd thousand Americans died because of this virus only? Honestly, I don't. And it's not that I'm... I'm anti-science, it's just that I understand enough that even the CDC, though they got kind of, you know, beaten down for saying it, they they talked about only 6% of the people that died out of that number died because of COVID-19. Others died of other causes with COVID-19 and maybe not necessarily driven by COVID-19. So there are a lot of numbers out there that need to be assessed. One of the numbers that I that, that bothers me, the CDC tries to say we've had we've had these unaccounted for deaths this year. Yet our total death rate this year is lower than last and the year before that. So is this the pandemic that they say that it is? How often does a bankrupt intellectually media outlet like NBC or CNN tell you tell you the average age of somebody that died. They don't. They just say that X number of people are in the hospital and X number died. And they don't want you to know the rest of the story. Because the rest of the story doesn't work for what they're trying to get you to to do and believe. This is this is the issue that I've had consistently with the media they're using this pandemic and they're taking it beyond what it is is it dangerous for some people yes i might even fall in that category i'm 66 years old my wife has asthma she might have a a rough time if she was were to get it so we take appropriate steps to protect ourselves but we don't have to decimate the economy in the process. And this is what has been disturbing to me. You notice the people like the Galvin Newsoms of this world, the the de Blasios of this world, the, the, the Mayor Lori Lightfoots of the world, and in small towns and large all across the country, they can say, we need to shut down the restaurants. We need to curtail local business. Those people that make those assessments, they're getting their paycheck because they're considered essential workers. But, you know, you that worked at that restaurant trying to 
make ends meet, maybe trying to go to school, maybe a second job because you're trying to, to better yourself. And all of a sudden, that income is gone. And you're trying to live off unemployment or whatever the case may be. Maybe you owned a small business. And I, I, I can think of a number of people that, I've, that I know and people that I've read about in addition where a family worked for years and they saved their money to invest in their own business that they could have and even pass down to their children and perhaps their grandchildren. And many of those businesses are going to be gone forever because, you know, it was bad enough. You remember back, you remember back in March, two weeks, 15 days to flatten the curve. We're just going to all go home and pick up, take out, and we're all going to stay home. And this is all going to go away. 15 days to flatten the curve. That's what you were told. Now, what I was told in emergency management, 15 days and pray that we don't overload the hospitals because of the numbers we've been given. Remember the numbers? Stop and think. The absolute only reason, the only reason we did this 15 days to flatten the curve was because at that point in time, we are still working with these bogus numbers that all the great scientists said were going to be true. That in the United States, two and a half to three million people will die before summer. That's it. And if that many die, we might be looking at millions going into the hospital. And so we needed to flatten the curve and slow the spread and spread it out over a longer period of time. That was the theory. And you may have forgotten that by now, but no, this is what I'm looking at that came into my hands at my desk when I was working. We're trying to flatten the curve in such a way as not to overwhelm the hospital system, and the funeral homes. That was it. Did this mean that all these efforts were going to stop the disease? No. If you looked at all the curves that they put on TV, all the the graphics, it showed the same number of people getting sick and dying, but instead of in a short period of time, over a longer period going into the summer and toward the fall. That was the theory. And how quickly we've forgotten what flatten the curve meant. It didn't mean less people were going to die. It didn't mean any of that. It meant that it would be spread out over time. I can remember Governor Cuomo in New York. He did a lot of press conferences. CNN loved to pick up his press conferences. Because he was going to show the world how to do it right. He was going to show the Trump administration, I know more than you do. He's the same guy that, that bragged that he knew more than God did when it came to a pandemic. And there he is making his press conferences, yet he has more people dying per 100,000 in his state, except for New Jersey. They were pretty bad, too, because they were busy trying to do things their way. And there was some information out there at the time of the best way to contain but it was amazing that, that later on, when he got to May, it was surprising. Governor Cuomo was just thoroughly surprised with all the non-essential people home. Why did 66%, almost a third of their, two-thirds of their cases, 
come out of people that were locked down and not the ones that were out. He never could figure that number out. There's been a lot about this virus we've not been told. There's a lot that we also do understand. And everything is not the way you may think that it is. And this is what I'm try- I've been trying to tell you since the very beginning. 240-some-odd thousand people apparently have died, either from or with. The CDC says 6% of that number, which is a lot less than 200,000. It's like, you know, 15,000, less than a typical flu year. But they don't really get in. You know, CNN doesn't want to tell you the rest of the story. How many of those people had other life-threatening issues and they were technically hospice patients with not that much longer to live? How many, how many just had symptoms that appeared to be like COVID-19, like the flu, like a fever, a cough, congestion, upper respiratory? There have been many of those that died that were never really tested for the virus because it was permitted to assume if, you know, one or two of the symptoms were present. And there's so many other diseases out there over the in a typical year like 2019 that would present themselves and be listed as pneumonia caused by maybe the flu or something else. So the number that they put out there I'm I'm a skeptic. I'm sorry, because these numbers have been used as is and put out there to keep you in fear. How many people do you see that live in fear today because of the pandemic? A lot. See them all the time. I mentioned on the program, you know, when I flew to to Virginia last month, you know, people that were wearing their 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 face shields and their mask, even in a car. There are people that drive by themselves in their car with a face mask and a face shield because they're deathly afraid of dying of COVID-19. And a lot of these people that are doing that, they're not 60 or 70, they're 30 and 40. I'm amazed. I guess they have no hope in their life, and this life is all there is. I believe this virus has allowed a lot of things to happen that normally would never have happened in our world. Notice that notice you can't go to certain places depending what state you live in, but the politicians can. Let's go back to early on. You know, Governor Whitmer up there in Michigan. As we got into April, she was saying you can go to certain stores, but you can't go to their garden center and you can't buy You can't buy garden tools or seed. You can only buy food. Who does she think she is? This is the United States. This is not the Soviet Union. This is not communist China. This is not North Korea. But she, like the other little pinheaded dictators in the blue states, they don't even live by the rules they set for you. I mean, look, it wasn't long ago. Governor Newsom, California. Boy, he's got all these things you you can't do. You can't visit. Cancel Thanksgiving. Forget Christmas. That's not going to happen. Yet he, yet he goes to a birthday party, thoroughly exceeding his own orders, 
and he just laughingly apologizes. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, we make mistakes. Yeah, others that make mistakes like he did, they don't get away with just a little fake apology. He only apologized because he got caught. Let me say that. He only apologized because he got caught. There would be no apology coming out from Governor Newsom if he could have gotten away with his private party. But other people aren't, aren't quite as lucky. You know, seven Californians... They went out for a drink that was deemed non-essential. They didn't get a warning. They got fined $1,000 apiece. Hundreds of thousands of restaurants and bars ordered closed by Newsom will unlikely get off with an apology if they are caught breaking the state's restrictions. He's got strike teams out there, and they'll shut them down. They'll, they'll threaten them. And he doesn't care that, that they're going broke and they're losing everything. We have to get rid of the virus. We have to deal with the virus. That's all we hear is the virus, the virus. It doesn't matter that we have hundreds of thousands of people that have lost their jobs and their businesses may never come back. My wife and I were over in a town across the border in North Carolina a couple of weeks ago. And there was some partial opening up of certain things, and we decided to check on a restaurant we hadn't been to since last year because we had been back in Florida, and then we're back up here. But with COVID and everything else, we weren't going anywhere. It's gone. And a little thank you note on the door, gone for good. They couldn't afford it. They shut it down and bankrupted. That's just one of mega thousands, mega thousands of them. You know, the price of the lockdown, the price of the lockdown, the damage that's going to be done is going to be far worse than the virus itself before it's all over. There are victims of domestic abuse and violence. There are children that are, that are afraid to, of their own shadow now because they're afraid they're going to die because the media tells them that the, if you get corona, we have family members that when they heard, when they heard that my my wife's daughter had the virus, she thought she was just going to die. I mean, ask how long before they die. Well, she was like in her thirties, and she recuperated just fine, and she was back to work in like thirteen days. There are people that literally believe that getting COVID nineteen is a death sentence worse than cancer. A 99.97 or better survival rate for those under, like, what, 20, 24? And it's still in the 99-point-something range when you get up to my age, 66. We have kids that will be emotionally scarred for ages. All because of the hypocrites in government that really wanted to keep this thing amplified so they can get their mail-in voting and other nefarious things. And I think they're also trying to find out just how far they can push their citizens before those citizens begin to push back. I don't believe our country's ever going to be the same again because of this in a negative way. I think that some people will never go back to life 
as usual. And I don't think life as usual will ever come back, regardless of who is finally figured to be the president of this country. I think certain states are going to use this forever to control their people. And those on the global, those that are the globalist of this world, I'll tell you what, those that are the globalist of this world are in glee over this pandemic because it allows them to gain more control over your life and my life. I try to bring hope, and I notice, you know, I've got a lot of letters. Maybe next week I'm going to get into a few of the letters, and yeah, I'm going to try to respond back to those of you that wrote me. But here's something that just comes to my mind, and and I, I just share this prayerfully. We as believers, I know some of you believe in a rapture and you get out of all the bad stuff, and others don't, and I'm one of those that don't believe that. I don't believe in the rapture as it was came out in the 1800s. The church has never believed that. Maybe you do, but I don't. I believe that the church will survive just fine because we'll take care of ourselves like the early Christians have done. And in oppressed countries, they do. In the United States, we've never faced anything bad before. And so we find out just how many church attenders hmm, are not really part of the body of Christ. The truth is, Jesus is coming again. And yeah, we've seen just in the last hundred years some very difficult times. In the year of 1918, a man faced a mighty disease, and killing many thousand on the land and on the sea. We've been told God has warned us Jesus is coming soon We've been told God has warned us Jesus is coming soon Yeah God is warning the nation Warning us in every way He says stir from the evil Seek the Lord and pray We've been told God has warned us Jesus is coming soon We've been told God has warned us Jesus is coming soon In the book of Zechariah The Bible clearly states Jesus is coming soon. 
has seen some some very difficult things over time we're going through a very difficult time right now between the virus and and all the political correctness and the tyranny of the cancel culture that gets away with riots and burning i mean we've seen cities put on fire and I'm going to say something that is politically incorrect and will get me cancel cultured from places like Facebook. And frankly, I don't care anymore. I just don't care. Truth is more important than my status on Facebook or, or Twitter or any of that stuff. It, it just it isn't worth it. In the United States, I looked up some statistics. You know, to hear Black Lives Matter and their protest, and all the silliness, you know, with with Mayor de Blasio in big orange or yellow letters, Black Lives Matter, in front of the Trump Tower in New York, to show just how idiotic that man is. He's a sick individual that has no business leading a city. The man is insufferably insane, satanically insane. But, you know, to hear them talk about it, you'd think that Police officers are out there on the hunt every night trying to shoot and kill unarmed black individuals. You think if you were to ask some, I don't know, high school student or recent college graduate, how many young black men that are unarmed get killed by the police every year? And they may say anywhere, and I've heard this like, oh, I don't know, a thousand, five hundred, ten thousand. I mean, the numbers are all over the road. The truth is that in, 19, in, in 2019, there is a dispute on the number. One is as low as 13, and one is a little bit higher. So we'll go with a little bit higher number. And that's in a country of 330 million people. That in the entire United States of 330 million people, 
about, let's say, 15 technically unarmed black people were shot and killed by the police. Now, in some of the cases, they were charging at them with a knife or charging at them with their hands, and they were able to almost overpower the officer. There are a lot of of things when you look at it. It's not the crisis that they try to paint it out to be like there are thousands dying. And yes, there there's some sadness and there are things that need to be explained. And every time something happened, there was one guy, as you saw on the TV, he was going to take off with kids and he wouldn't listen and he was going for a knife. And so for that, they burn down a city. They burn down black-owned businesses. What? That doesn't make any sense at all. It's insane. But the cancel culture wants to get rid of white privilege. That's what they call it, white privilege. What the heck is white privilege? Whatever happened to hard work and honesty? I thought that's what we were supposed to be trying to achieve. And all this during the time of a pandemic. And then you've got these pinheaded dictator governors, little little Napoleons. C.S. Lewis. I'll tell you what, he... He said it best. It would be better to live under robber barons than under the omnipotent moral busybody. Of all the tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims can end up being the most oppressive. And coronavirus virus has been that. Lewis was right. While saving lives might be what they claim to be doing with all these restrictions, I can't explain this any other way A politician cannot save a life. They can only trade a life in this pandemic. These lockdown experiments that that are failing, but they keep doing it, may theoretically end up saving some lives, but they'll claim countless others to other causes. And they don't want to recognize that. And also throwing people into poverty and, and losing everything. They don't care about that. Remember, the ones that make the rules... Their paycheck is still coming unaffected. It's only your paycheck that's going to be in any kind of danger. I can't emphasize it enough. Don't believe everything you're reading and seeing. I really believe there's a lot more. We're going to get into it next week, I can tell you right now. We're going to have a few guests on. We're going to really talk about this and also look around the United States a little bit and around the world. What else is happening? The great global reset is coming. And we need to stand up to it here in this country. We can either be sheeps led to the slaughter or stand up and be counted. This is the radio program and podcast, Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I'm going to give you my mailing address in Georgia. We're here through the end of the year, it appears. And our address is 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E Lane, number 263. We're in the city of Sky Valley, Georgia. That's Sky Valley, Georgia. And the zip code is 30537. Tomorrow we come back with another program. Got some special stuff for you to hear on Truth to Ponder until the Friday and weekend edition. It's my prayer that God will richly bless you today, my friend. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. 
To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.